Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, welcome all of our campuses, all of you watching online. So glad you're here with us, all of here, all of us here at Frisco East. How are we doing today? Feeling good? Man, feeling good today. Um, two things before I dive into traditions. Number one, Operation Christmas Child, or whatever that's called, the boxes that we're doing, we're sending to kids. Hey, those are due back the first weekend of November, so don't forget, if you took one of those, please, please bring it back filled. And then second, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and if you've received my emails, you've known that. Uh, but I want to invite you to join Melissa and I as we have blessed our pastors. And this is not for me, for uh, my family. This is for the staff pastors all across all of our campuses. And we want to bless them. Um, I, I'm biased, but I really believe I, we got the best team in the world. They love God. They love you. And I want you to bless them as they serve. <clears throat> and it'll be through the end of October. So you got about a week to do that. So don't forget Mark it on your calendar, set a reminder on your phone, and, and uh, you can go online, do it easily. Okay, traditions, visiting some of the ancient, ancient traditions of the church for the last 2,000 years or so. Over the last four weeks, we've talked about the Apostles' Creed, we've talked about communion, we've talked about penance and repentance, talked about today, we're going to talk about prayer. Now, many times when we think of prayer, we get overwhelmed um, we have all kinds of things that come up on, 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 on prayers that we've prayed over and over and over again that we were taught to pray. Um, we went to prayer meetings when we were a kid and didn't like them. It was boring. We didn't know what to say. So today, um, what, what, what I want to do is help us with the understanding of, of what prayer is. And I know we've talked about prayer over the years. Today will be different than any other time that I've talked about prayer. And I think it's going to help us. I really do. My big idea for today, I usually give this at the end, but the big idea for today is focusing our attention on and drawing closer to God by learning to talk to Him. That's my big idea for today. That's the goal. That we would focus our attention, we would draw closer to God by learning how to talk to Him. Now, let me give you my definition of prayer, okay? This is my definition. Ongoing conversation. So this is an ongoing conversation that you're having with God. This is not something that you start and then you finish. This is an ongoing pray without ceasing kind of thing. In other words, when you talk to your spouse or your friend or your co you don't say, hey, hey, I'm going to talk to you right now. Are you ready? You don't have to announce that. Now, some of you have to get your husband's attention because he's daydreaming or whatever, but most of us, we just say, hey, um, are we still doing, or are we going, hey, what are you, that's how we talk. It's ongoing conversations, and those ongoing conversations consists of requests, praise, intercession, gratitude, etc. There's so many things that, that, are, that are involved in these conversations, but nonetheless, they're conversations with God that deepen and develop our relationship with Him as well as uniquely position us to hear from His Spirit. So, in other words, the more you talk, communicate to your spouse, to your family, the stronger that relationship can become. Well, it's the same with God. It's an ongoing conversation that just helps strengthen and develop, and then uniquely positions us 
to hear from him. Ongoing conversations to strengthen our relationship with him and to help us hear from him as we just be still and develop our ear to hear what maybe the Spirit of God wants to say to us. Conversations with God or prayer is as ancient as the creation. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, and it says they talked with him. They fellowshiped with God. There wasn't this this, uh, real formal thing. It was more relational. You go through Moses' prayers, or you go through David's prayers in the Psalms, and and all the requests, and all the crying out to God, and all of the praise and, and adoration, all of that helps us understand this relationship that we have with him. Well, fast forward to the New Testament, and the disciples, which are used to praying, by the way, Jewish people were very accustomed to praying. They had a, they had a um, three-time-a-day deal where they would pray morning, noon, and, and evening. They were not unaccustomed to prayer. However, they knew that Jesus was starting something new. There's this new, and they didn't understand fully, obviously, but there was this, hey, I'm bringing the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm bringing a new way. And so as, they, as he's beginning this stuff, the Sermon on the Mount in in chapter 5 of Matthew. And then in chapter 6, the disciples are saying, hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Now, I find it interesting that the first thing that Jesus says is how not to pray. I find it interesting. So here's what I want to do for the rest of our time. I want to go through some things that Jesus said about prayer. Then I want to give you some ideas to help you learn and strengthen your conversations in your talking with God. Um, And then we'll recite a prayer at the end together. Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are, are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly, listen to this, For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But here's my first thought on Jesus on prayer. And that is, prayer is for an audience of one. This is my personal opinion, but I find it, um, I find it odd praying out in public um, I, I find when I say that, I mean, I mean, kind of what Jesus was saying, and I, I, please, I understand that, that some of this is okay, and I'm, I'm just, not, I'm not trying to argue with anybody, but, you know, marching on Washington's capital, and, and we're setting up, we're going to pray, we're going to pray. I wonder what message that really sends to, to the world who are looking at us. And I think that there's some times in which we just want to take a stand and make a stand and and, and, and again, Jesus, he kind of says the opposite. He says, now when you pray, can I remind you that this is not a show? 
That when, when we pray, this is a private thing between you and the Lord. It's not that we can't pray together, but he's talking about in your heart, there was this prideful arrogance that religious leaders and, and those who would go to the synagogue and pray on street corners so that everybody could see how spiritual they are. And he's saying that's sending the wrong message. That, that's not the message that, that is going to be rewarded. In fact, that's the only reward you'll get, but when you pray, go away. So it's an audience of one. Prayer isn't a show. It isn't repeating and babbling on and on and, and thinking that you can just repeat things and repeat things and repeat things. That's, that's not a heart. That's not a... See, the Lord knows exactly what you need before, he, before you and I even ask Him. Have you ever read that before? So if that is true, that God knows what we need before we ask, why should we pray? Because prayer is about relationship. He already knows what you need. He already knows what I need. It's not the length of our prayer. It is not the babbling on and the repeating of our prayer. It's not a show. It is a relational conversation. Now, it's not that we can't ask. Jesus said in, his, in the Lord's Prayer, he says, give us this day. So it's not, a, it's not wrong to ask, to request and make intercession and pray and worship and all that. But the reality is God knows exactly what we need before we even ask. So conversations with God is really a relational strengthening that the more that we pray, the more that we talk to God, it strengthens our relationship. And then we're living in a much wiser, a much peaceful, a much more peaceful, joyful life because of our overflow of a relationship where we are actually having conversations with God. It's for an audience of one. I find it interesting that he says, the first thing I want you to know is how not to pray. Now, the second scripture is an interesting one. Here's what he says, Luke. When teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, better be a good friend, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are in, all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Now, this is, this is, I know this is like, wow, is it, did he really say that? Yeah. And so I tell you to keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus on prayer. Ask until you receive. I've been asked this many times. Hey, John, on prayer, when I'm praying for something, do I stay at once? Do I pray once or do I pray ongoing? Well, Jesus taught us, keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on asking. Now, many times, now listen, look at me. You remember when you were growing up and, and you kept asking your mom and dad, hey, I want a goat. Okay, maybe you are like me, I wanted a goat. I want a goat. Uh, no, we, don't, we live in the city, we can't have a goat. No, I want a goat. Now, how many know that I didn't receive the answer I wanted, but I did receive an answer? Does it make sense what I'm saying? So many times, this is not for us to be spoiled brats and say, no, 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 I don't like that answer. So 
I'm going to pray again. No, it's you keep on asking and you keep on seeking, you keep on knocking until you receive an answer. Paul, when he talks about prayer and he talks about the thorn in his flesh, he prayed three times. He says, Lord, I'm asking you that this thing in my life, whatever it was, be removed three times. And finally, the Lord says, hey, my grace is sufficient. You don't need to pray that anymore. He got his answer. Now, I understand that we don't sometimes like the answer, but that's when we understand God already knows our needs before we even ask. He knows what's better for you and for me. So we just submit and surrender and say, Lord, I understand that you know better. And so I don't understand why the answer is no, but I'm going to rest and I'm going to live in that and trust you. Does it make sense? But keep on asking until you receive that no or, or until you receive that yes or until you receive that wait a while. Keep on asking. Finally, Jesus in talking to disciples, say, hey, this is how you don't pray. Then he says, now this is how you pray, Matthew 6. Again, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today. See, this is the request. We start off with our Father, you're God and I'm not. And just saying these words is, is, is an understanding that we are not our provider. We have no power to change things in the sense of, of outcomes. We are totally, every breath we breathe, is be, it's a gift from God. In Him we live and move and have our being. So, so when we pray this, we're saying we started out with, and it's genius. Jesus is genius. Hey, just remember who you are and who He is. Father in heaven, I, I worship you. There's nobody like you. I'm going to keep your name holy in my life. And I want your will to be done. I have requests that I'm getting ready to make, but I just want you to know on the outset that I'm trading my request, my will for yours. You know what's best. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. Now, I know that a lot of us have repeated this prayer over and over again. I don't think it's wrong to repeat this prayer. I don't think Jesus meant it, though, to be a, this is all you pray. It was an outline. It was a help. So here's my thought on Jesus on prayer, that prescriptive prayer is, is a good thing. In other words, getting help with understanding how to pray is a good thing. The disciples say, hey, I, we know how to pray this way, but we in this new kingdom, we want to understand your heart. How do we pray? And he says, well, you pray this way. So it's okay to get some help. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm not sure exactly how to pray. I'm not exactly sure what I should pray. In other words, like we sing our worship songs. Now, let me ask you a question. We sang some good songs today. Um, did any of you write them by chance? Any, any, any of you? Have you ever written a, a worship song that was published that we sing? Anybody? No? Hmm. But how many have sung this song, that last song that we sang, right, across all of our campuses? We sang this song, Jesus, I love you, right? And it's like, oh, man, how many? I mean, you settled in, and you're just like, oh, I love that song. Man, that's a good song. If you don't love that song, you're going to hell, right? I mean, <laughs> how could you not like that song? You know I'm kidding. But, I mean, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. I mean, it's awesome. 
And many of us relate to that song. We just go, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to say. That's how I want to say it. Jesus, I love you. And of all the things that this world has to offer, you're you're my focus and you're my attention. See, we, we do this on a regular basis. We sing our songs and we adopt them as our own, as a heart or expression of our heart to, to tell the Lord how we feel, the goodness of God. Love that song. I mean, I love, every time we sing that song, I'm like, oh, you've been good all my life. You've been faithful. I didn't write that song. I've tried writing worship songs. No bueno. You know what I'm saying? They're they're not good. But there are some people who have been gifted to write and and to express, and so we adopt them, and we get help with singing our songs to the Lord, and we do it on a regular basis, and it changes changes our our circumstances, our, our, our heart. It changes our mind. Why couldn't we get some help with prayer? Why, why couldn't we get some help that, that might, you know, just give us a little prescription on what Jesus said, hey, this is how you pray, and then you take what Jesus said, and, and there's many lines of it, and you can outline that and, and talk about worship and, and praying how we worship, and then you can talk about uh, your kingdom come and surrender, and you can talk about my request and intercession, and you can talk about forgiveness, and, and I, God, I, I forgive those who, for, who have trespassed against me, and then please, please help me to resist temptation. Don't lead me that way. In fact, rescue me. Then all these things are little outlines that that, that people for thousands of years have written down prayers that we've prayed and are there for a, just a help that they've thought through them. And, and what I want to suggest is like we sing songs that other people have written. What if, if you struggle with prayer, and I want you to be honest with yourself, I mean, how often are you really praying? And again, many times it's because, well, John, I mean, I, I'd pray, I keep saying the same things over and over. I keep praying for the same things, and here's how most of our prayers go. Lord, I pray that you'd help me today and help me this week and pray that I'd, I'd you know, be a good light, and, and I pray for my spouse. I pray for my kids. I pray that you'd bless them. I pray for Pastor John. <laughs> right? I, I pray for our church. I pray, and, and then our president, and, and I, I pray for world peace, and um, fire my boss, help, help fire my boss, or whatever, right? Amen. Amen. And then the next time we pray, it's very similar. Lord, I, I pray for my family. I pray for my spouse. I pray that you give me a good day. I pray that this in your name, amen. A lot of times we find ourselves, and it's not wrong to pray those things, right? You can pray over and over, and, and it's fine. But, but what if we change it up a bit, and it was not just the same thing over and over and over again. I think, I think for, for some of us, it would help us to get a little bit of help. Um, in the uh, 1500s, um, the Anglican Church um, of England, the Church of England, Thomas Cranmer would, would pin what would be called the Book of Common Prayer just helping people learn how to pray, but also keep our focus and our attention on God throughout the day. Now, let me give you some prayers that have been prayed since the first century, St. Clement of Rome. 
first century. We beseech you, Master, to be our helper and protector. Save the afflicted among us. Have mercy on the lowly. Raise up the fallen. Appear to the needy. Heal the ungodly. Restore the wanderers of your people. Feel the, feed the hungry. Ransom our prisoners. Raise up the sick. Comfort the faint-hearted. Now, many of us could pray similar things to this. And I'm not, again, what I'm not saying is that we just repeat it and, and, and we just say it for the sake of praying, that we actually learn and, and feel what we're saying and, and, oh, have mercy on the lowly Lord. And, 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 and God, I pray that you would restore those who wander. And then you think of family members that you know of in, in your family or friends in, in your circle of influence that have wandered away some, somewhat from the faith. And you just go, Lord, I pray that you'd restore them. Maybe you know some people that are sick right now and you just pray, oh Lord, yeah, and, and, and raise up the sick. Comfort those who are faint. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is all biblical. This is like great stuff. St. Arrhenius of Lyons in the, in the second century, I appeal to, I love this prayer. I appeal to you, Lord, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob and of Israel. You, the father of our Lord Jesus, infinitely merciful as you are, I mean, you could just pause right there and just go, wow, your mercies are new every morning. I am so grateful, Lord, that your grace is, is there. It is your will that we should learn to know you. You made heaven and earth. You rule supreme over all that is. You are the true, the only God. There is no other God above you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, grant that all who read what I have written here may know uh, may know you because you alone are God. Let them draw strength from you. Keep them from all teaching that is heretical or religious or godless. I love that. We could just take some of that and go, yeah, Lord. And I pray that, that through the power of the Lord Jesus and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you'd make yourself known to me. St. Ambrose of Milan, this was in the fourth century. This is a uh, time when the church changed dramatically. Constantine, first Christian emperor of Rome, um, I mean, changed the game for Christianity. Instead of being persecuted and people being put to death, now it's the state religion. And, and there was some mess with that, and there was all kinds of challenges, but this is where in the fourth century, the 300s, where the, the Bible came together and was canonized, and the Bible that we read was, was put together in the, in the latter part of this century. But but here's what St. Ambrose prayed. O Lord, who has mercy upon all, take away from me my sins. And listen to this, I love this. And mercifully kindle in me the fire of your Holy Spirit. Take away from me the heart of stone, the heart of complacency, the heart of lukewarmness, and give me a heart of flesh, a heart to love and adore you, a heart to delight in you, to follow and to enjoy you for Christ's sake. Guys, this is an incredible prayer. One that you all know, St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. See, I, on my best day, I would never be able to pin these words like this, right? I mean, I would say, hey, uh, pray that I would be peaceful. But I mean, he says, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. 
Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving I mean, you see the power of this? It's, it's in giving. It's in, it's in me sacrificing. It's in me serving that I receive. And it's in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Powerful stuff. I mean, what would be wrong with bringing, bringing some help to our prayers? And I know the pilgrims, when they came over from England, they kind of went away from the common book of prayer because they felt like prayers should be spontaneous. And I agree, prayers should be spontaneous. But what if we had the best of both worlds? What if we put our prayers together with some really good writers who have thought through their prayers, biblically speaking, sound doctrine, and we put them together, and because we don't know how to pray, and many times we're saying the same things over and over again, what if you just got a Bible app and said, okay, here's some help for me, that when I pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some help, and, and I'm going to read a scripture, and then I'm going to pray what somebody prayed two, 300, 400, 1,000 years ago. But yet it res- resonates with me. I'm not saying we shouldn't be spontaneous. Obviously, you have to be. But most of us don't write songs. Most of us sing songs that were written for us. Same thing with prayers. We could mix those up so that our prayers become, listen, the, the more you do this, the more you learn, the more you, you grow in this, the deeper and strengthened and develop your relationship with God is. So you're not just calling him in emergency break times, but you have a relationship because you're developing your conversations. The the more you talk to your family, the more you talk to your kids, your spouse, the deeper and the better your relationship gets. It's the same with God. He already knows what you need. You can ask him, but the, the, the power in it is the relationship. And so what my heart for you is, is just to help you understand that if you struggle with prayer, now some of you don't, and I'm glad that you don't, but what if you do? what can I do? Most of us don't do anything. We pray over our meal, maybe. Some of you don't even do that, hypocrites. (laughs) Ungrateful. No, I'm kidding. But many of you don't pray over the meal. I, I encourage you to pray over the meal. But don't let that be the only time you pray. In emergency type situations, and then you can, and God invites that. But there's some, there's some help. So let me give you some resources. I want to take a picture of this um, website, commonprayer.net. Zondervan puts this out. Zondervan, who published the Bible that I use most of the time, NLT, I love all the versions, but I usually use New Living Translation. They put out this commonprayer.net, and it is free. You just go to it. I've, I've, done, I've done it this week. And you go to the prayers, and it has morning prayers. It has uh, all kinds of prayers throughout the day. You can do it once. You can set your alarm and, and try it this week and say, okay, I'm going to do three times a day. And I'm not talking long. It takes five minutes. I'm not, I'm not talking about hours of prayer. I'm talking about just it gets your focus and your attention throughout the day. How many get distracted throughout the day on God? I mean, you're listening to all kinds of music. You're listening to your, your, your sports talk. You're listening to the news. Holy cow. 
and your attention and your affections grow uh, in all kinds of ways. But what prayer does, it just brings the focus back. And, and then in the morning when you wake up, what if you set your alarm? The first thing you did is you opened your app and it has a Bible scripture and has a prayer. You can go to the Version Bible app. It's a Bible app. It's, uh, most of you already have it. You go to click on more and there's prayers under that. Click on prayers, and daily you can get a new prayer. You read scripture, and, and it gives you a prayer to pray. There's, there's several screens that you go through, and, in the, and you end it with prayer. Phyllis Tickle wrote The Divine Hours, great uh, series of books on uh, prayer and, and um, helping us uh, with scripture, with even hymns or songs and, and different prayers. There's a series of like springtime, summertime, fall, winter, um, all those. I mean, it's, it's a great resource. I have this. All I'm saying, you don't have to do any of this. I understand that. You don't have to do this. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying these are great tools, resources, if you struggle with prayer. So let me, let me, let me go back to the definition, okay? Conversations with God that deepen and develop our relationship with Him as well as uniquely position us to hear Him. Because prayer is a two-way street. You, you say what you're going to say, and you say, Lord, I mean, you read a scripture, enter His gates with thanksgiving, enter His courts with praise. You are my strong tower, my refuge in God. will let you, Whatever the scripture is that day, right? And you're just saying, and I'm not saying just read it, I'm saying meditate on it. Think about it. Take five minutes and say, Lord, you are my refuge. Help me to run to you first when something happens rather than run to alcohol, rather than run to food, rather than run to buy something. What, what, what if, God, you teach me how to run to you and be my refuge? Do you understand what I'm saying? All, all this does is just help you have conversations that strengthen your relationship and that it puts you in a position to hear him. Now, let me give you the big idea again. And that is focusing our attention on and drawing closer to God by learning to talk to Him. Simple as that. Now, let me give you the big idea ideas, okay? So the big idea ideas is discover a seasonal rhythm. Change it up a little bit. Change your rhythm up. If you already have a prayer time, awesome. I'm not, I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm not trying to change. I'm just saying, for those of us that struggle with prayer, for those of us that, man, I don't know what to say. I say the same things over and over, so we just kind of don't. Man, discover new rhythms. And, and maybe this Advent, the, the last weekend of, of November after Thanksgiving starts Advent, goes to Christmas. What if you got some resources on Advent and said, okay, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to read some scripture and, and some prayers on preparing my heart for the arrival of Jesus. Not only his first coming, but his second coming. That's what Advent is. What if you just discovered a, a seasonal rhythm? Maybe it was in different places. Discover some different places. Maybe, maybe you go to the park at lunch one day instead of going out to lunch. Maybe you just take your lunch or pick it up at, at whatever you like and, and, and put your meal beside you and get your Bible app or your Bible out and, and then go through some prayers that, that people have written that help and then say some of your own. Maybe walk around the lake. Do, find some different things, different places to go. Maybe find some different times. Maybe find some different forms of prayer. Whatever it is to help you. And my point, my point is only the big idea is throughout the day to refocus our attention 
on Him. As the distractions come, as the disappointments come, as the challenges come, as the media comes, as the social media comes, as all of that comes in, it just distracts us and gets our minds. And what if we purposely and intentionally brought it back, not in a legalistic way, but in a relational way where we say, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to refocus here. All that's going on in the world is overwhelming. All that's going on in my family is overwhelming. I run to you. Now, if you never say another prayer, if you're looking at me today, and you wouldn't say this, you don't have the guts to say it, but you say, John, I'm not doing that. I don't care what you say. I'm not doing all that stuff. I don't have to do that. Yeah, you're right. You do not have to do that. You don't have to say one more prayer. God still loves you. You know that, right? He still loves you. But, but if you want to grow in this tradition of prayer, Jesus told us to pray. When you pray, don't do that. Do this. All it is is an invitation. Let me close it with this. Matthew 11. Great verse. Then Jesus says, when the world comes crashing in and your relationships in and the media is negative and you don't know what to do, and I'm paraphrasing here, when you're weary and you carry heavy burdens and, and it, makes you, it makes you want to go to some medicines, so to speak, instead of me, you're going to miss it. Because the only one who can give you rest in the middle of your mess is me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I'm, I'm humble. I'm gentle. I'm not here because I'm going to get you in a headlock and make you do all kinds of things in order to get right with me. I'm, I'm here to just help you. Because my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you, oh, it's light. So if the only time you pray is an emergency, he invites you to do that. But I'm suggesting, I'm submitting that instead of just emergency break times, what if you and I developed a prayer life that was much, much stronger than just, I'm at my rope, my, my, the end of my rope. I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what else to do. He invites you to do that. Please, please don't misunderstand me. He invites you. If you don't say another prayer except when you need it, he's there. But what if you did that to your spouse? What if you did that to your kids? The only time you talk to your kids is when you need something. The only time you talk to your friend is when you need something. What if you develop this relationship with him that strengthens and puts you in a position to hear him? Maybe you got some help with forming. And can I tell you over the next year, if you did this twice a week, your prayers would change next year. Your prayers would change. It would be different. You wouldn't be praying the same thing. You would expand your dictionary, so to speak. You would expand your vocabulary with God. It would not be, I need this, I need this, I need that, please help me. No, it would be way more expanded, your heart and your mind, right? So I want to invite you to do this. St. Patrick, Ireland.
celebrate his day sometime in February usually. I want to recite a prayer together. Awesome prayer. Everything about it is biblical. Across all of our campuses. I want you to stand. Would you stand with me? And we're going to recite this prayer. It's very, very simple. It's going to be on the big screens across all of our campuses. Let's say this and pray this together. Christ above me. Christ below me. Christ at my right hand. Christ at my left hand. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ all around me. Christ within me. Lord, pause for just a minute to pray for my friends who can't really say that last line because they've never really accepted your grace and your love and your forgiveness, what you did on the cross and what you did through your resurrection, forgiveness and eternal life. You restored our relationship. Maybe there's some here today that they've never been able to say Christ within me, and today is their day. I pray for every single person who may just feel like, you know what, John, I've never prayed that. I've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to do that today. Today's your day. I pray for my Christian friends who struggle with prayer, and hopefully this has helped. Hopefully our hearts would be open to strengthening, strengthening our relationship with you opening scripture, opening songs, opening prayers that deepen and strengthen us in you. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in our lives right here, right now, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.